Well, folks, here we are, another day in the neighborhood. I'm Tom Young, and I'm here for anchor.fm.com podcast called Money Shifts. And for my friends on Facebook in the Family Money Farm group. Uh, Our purpose is to change the future, change lives by bringing truth to to the table. Truth about finance, economics, truth about what's going on around the world to some degree. Much of it is my opinion, I will tell you that up front, but today I wanna to talk about the 30,000 foot view and try to paint for you a picture as I see it in, uh, in what is going on around the world. So that's what it's about today. We start every presentation with prayers for everybody around the world. This Chinese virus from Wuhan lab has gone around the world, touched every life everywhere people's health has been impaired. The virus that was created, still considered experimental. It is not an approved drug even as yet. We're two years, three years into this thing and and it is still not an approved drug. Uh, I don't understand that, but I continue to read more and more uh, information that gets more disturbing every day. People has had their health impaired by the virus, by the vaccine. Loved ones have been lost. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. And we pray especially for the loved ones who have been lost, that the Lord would gather them into his arms and take them to his kingdom of heaven above. We also pray for Ukraine and Russia and what's going on around the world. It seems like the world is growing on fire. There is fires everywhere in many countries around the world. We're on the verge of, of, of major conflict between China and other countries, including the U.S. I don't know where that's going to go, whether there is some uh, sober mind somewhere to figure out what is going on. We don't seem to have it in our leadership and politics as of right now. Uh, it gets scarier by the day. So we pray that the Lord would intervene in these men's minds and help them find the road to peace and, and calmness and stop the destruction and the killing. In Jesus' name we pray. I have a quote today. Not very big quote. It's just just looks like five words. Delay is preferable to error. <laughs> how, how amazing that is because of, of just as things are going on around the world. Delay is preferable to error. You know, I want to I share some things today and about what's going on. And, and uh, it seems like the world is moving in a, in a bad, wrong direction. I want to talk about my 30,000 foot view. And and uh, before that, I want to talk about an article. This article was in the Epoch Times dated April 19th, just last week. And, and, and this gentleman, William S. Schmitter from Ohio submitted this letter. And in here he says, in 1947, I was 10 years old. It looked like every man could have a living wage job, including black people. As I visited friends, it seemed the people we considered poor had a house with one bathroom, a car, a telephone, a radio, maybe a washing machine, 
No dryer, dishwasher, air conditioning, or other modern convenience. Mother stayed home and everybody seemed to come from an intact family. Everything that we used here was made in America. We never hear of homeless people or divorced people, welfare or non-existent, and everyone worked. Something has drastically changed in our economy. In 1880, a private company built the Cincinnati Streetcar Company with inclines paid for it and made a profit with fares collected. It continued to be a private company up till 1973. Recently, we spent $147 million in taxpayer dollars to build and operate a four-mile streetcar route. What has changed? In 1875, the zoo was built with private, for-profit company, ticket to the gate, paid for it, and made a profit. Last year, it lasted until 1932 when the city took it over. Now the zoo requires taxpayer pay, taxpayers to pay $6.8 million per year. They need more. The zoo receives $10.6 million a year in donations and receives in income another $12.9 million for gate tickets, parking, and concession. What has changed? In 1887, Music Hall was built by several music groups and businessmen for a profit-making enterprise. It ran as a profit-making business until 1950s. Recently, the city needed $100 million plus to modernize it. What has changed? In 1912, Paul Crosley, owner of the Reds, built Crosley Field with no public money. It made a profit and lasted until 1970. When Riverfront Stadium was built and taxpayers had to pay the cost, what was changed? Cincinnati Union Terminal, now the Cincinnati Museum Center, was built by the B&O Railroad as a private company. In 1933, including a roundhouse, 94 miles of track, and Western Hills Viaduct for $41 million, it was paid for with rail passenger tickets. Recently, Terminal Museum needed $100 million from taxpayers to maintain its structure. What has changed? 1937, there's another story of, of a Good Samaritan Hospital, including the doctors. Today, the bill is 118 million. What has changed? In 1955, I enrolled in the University of Dayton. Tuition was $240 a semester. Now the tuition is 12,600. What has changed? The size of government is what has changed. In 1900, government was 5% of the gross domestic product. And today the cost of federal, state, and local governments is about 50% of the gross domestic product. All of this extra government money is built into our telephone bills, electric bills, grocery bills, our maintenance bills, fuel bills, hotel bills, taxi bills, hospital bills, and every other thing that we buy. This means we pay double for everything we purchase. That was that we receive only half of the pay in our paychecks in order to pay for the visible and hidden taxes. History shows that when government grow, governments grow, debt goes up, people become poor, dependent, and we have inflation and unemployment increase. Just look at the countries like Greece, Italy, Spain, Venezuela, and Brazil. 
we must cut the size of government. Now, that leads me to my talk today that I really want to talk about. My 30,000 foot view, and, and just to share a story with you, in 1968, a group of people formed an organization called the Club of Rome. The Club of Rome was put together by a group of people that were supposed to be the smartest people on the planet, including a gentleman named Stephen Hawkins, who passed away a few years ago, who was a paraplegic, talked electronically, and at one time it was believed he was the smartest man on the planet. They formed this group for the purpose of helping humanity survive the future, and so their first objective was to make a prediction to help avoid a catastrophe somewhere in the future. In their prediction, in 1968, you can look it up, do your own research, called the Club of Rome. They predicted that oil, we would run out of crude oil by 1993. Now, I read a book in the 90s called The Great Reckoning of 1993 by a guy named Rhys Mogg and Thurmond. They were economists from Europe. Uh, talking about what the, what happened to the world if we did in fact run out of oil. But we already know today that that didn't happen. It isn't going to happen anytime soon. But in 1968, when they made this prediction, a year later, OPEC was formed. Now, let me tell the story in my mind about that. There was a world oil broker in South America named Perez. Now, Perez, this guy, he, he dealt around the world. He dealt with the Arabs. And in 1969, it was believed that 85% of all the crude oil on the planet was under the sands of Saudi Arabia. Again, today, we know that's not true. But at that time, that was what was believed. So Perez knew another group of people in the United States called the Texas Railroad Commission. Look it up. This is real, folks. The Texas Railroad Commission, their objective and goal is to monitor and control somewhat the production of oil and gas and other minerals in the United States. They were sort of the pre-OPEC company uh, organization in the United States. Well, Perez went to Saudi Arabia and told these Saudis, they said, look, you know, if you could control oil the way they do with this Texas Railroad Commission, imagine how much money could be made. Now, in 1969, Look it up. Oil was $1.23 for a barrel of crude oil. Three years later, oil was now $12 a barrel of crude, which forced President Nixon to remove us from the gold standard and open what I call Pandora's box and an opportunity for the Federal Reserve that is not federal in any way. They were originally called the banking cartel, but that name wouldn't go over, so they had decided to change the name to the Federal Reserve. Now, that sounds better, but it is not tied to the federal government in any way, shape, or form. You start to get the idea here, folks, what's going on. Nixon took us off the gold standard, opened Pandora's box, and opened the Federal Reserve to printing money from nothing. You know, it went on for a while and a while, and, and in the 90s, President Clinton come along and, and he predicted that he told the banks that you will loan money to people over there, regardless of whether they pay it or not, you're going to loan money to them. If you don't, we'll call it discrimination. In the 80s, when Ronald Reagan was president, he negotiated with Congress because the Congress and the Senate were controlled by the Democrats. So he negotiated with them in 1986 
for the biggest tax reduction so-called in history at that time. But the kicker in there was the redesign of the depreciation schedules on real estate, commercial real estate, which led to the collapse of the savings and loans in 1987. You get the idea, folks, what's going on? Then Bill Clinton come along and, and he told the banks they would loan money to these people over there that didn't pay their bills. And in 2008, we had a banking meltdown. Get the picture, folks. So the more the government gets bigger, the more they get involved in everyday structure of the economy, the worse it gets. Somehow, some way, today we have $31.6 trillion of debt and $184 trillion of unfunded liability. Now that's about $639,000 per man, woman, and child in America. I don't understand or conceive any way that it will ever be paid back, but yet they continue to spend money to the tune of trillions of dollars more a year than they take in in revenue. Somehow we need to find somebody with the guts to be president, to start privatizing some of the government so it can go back to being a profit-making business and stop taking all of our money. If you think about it, you lose a minimum of 50% of your income to taxes of all kinds. If you're happy with that, God bless you. But I don't think there are very many people that are happy with continuing to fund a government that is out of control, no accountability, and continues to squander our children and our grandchildren's future. That's all I have to say today, share this video, please. Get my book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. There it is right there going over. You can get it by going to cfo-project.com. Put your name and email address in and you will receive an email with a link to download both of my new books, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project, and Financial Mastery Coaching. Get on the road to prosperity. That's what this is about, folks the road to prosperity, the road less traveled, as Robert Frost would say. And that's where prosperity and happiness and success lies on the road less traveled. God bless you all. We'll see you here next week. Please share my videos, have people promote Family Money Farm Group and the podcast. God bless you.